0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Bearcat. This is the podcast where the Northwest Missouri State University Career Services Office chats with Northwest faculty, staff, students, alumni, and friends to hear about their career journey, how they got to where they are, and how they became Bearcats. I'm Northwest Internship Coordinator Travis Klein.
1: And I'm Hannah Christian, the Assistant Director of Career Services.
0: And today we are joined by Carolyn Johnson, who is a research librarian and handles outreach for B.D. Owens Library. Thanks for being here, Carolyn.
1: Welcome. Oh, you're my pleasure. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Librarian. Instead of asking the first job question, what does a librarian do? That's a Actually. great Actually, That is a great question. Not is every, there a difference between a research librarian and a non-research librarian?
2: Yeah, we have different people in the library who handle different functions. Like there's the people that purchase and um, order materials for the library. And then there's the people that put them online and index or catalog them, all that library stuff. And uh, then there's um, people who work in the archive. There's people who are at access services checking out materials. There's all kinds of different functions that go on behind the scenes even that people don't know
0: about. Uh-huh. I hadn't thought about ordering books, but that's probably oh, yeah. that's probably a full-time that's job. A, that's a, a big deal. And books. those
2: databases we have, that's huge because we have a lot of contracts that we have to negotiate with vendors and get the best price pro-
1: possible. So, yeah. yeah. Let's reverse back. I always like to start with the what's your first job question or oh, what was your first yes. job. Can't be your parents hiring you no. unless they paid your okay job. Oh,
2: gosh. My first job was babysitting a family of four, and it was hell. (laughs) Four kids? uh, Four kids, ranging in age from two until about 12, and it was an entire summer, and I was a freshman in high school, and I would do the dishes so I could get away
0: from them. <laughs> I do that at home with my kids now. <laughs> uh,
2: and for a long time, I didn't want to have any kids after that experience. It was like the best
1: birth control ever. <laughs> and so you weren't all, you weren't like keen on going into education or anything like working with the kid like working with kids for a, a job.
2: By the time I got to college, I thought mm, I think I would like teaching elementary education. But then I realized, hmm, that would be an all-day thing again. (laughs) With the kids. Probably not, (laughs) yeah.
1: So what did you do after babysitting? Did you have any other positions after that? Oh,
2: yeah, man. I uh, worked at an A&W root beer stand. All right. Thank God we didn't have the roller skates because I'm (laughs) a total klutz. And uh, that was really fun, though. I really enjoyed interacting with the people. And my goal was to... Uh, make everyone as happy as possible by the time they left because some would come in really grumpy and it was kind of like a big game to see if I could lighten them up and tell some jokes or whatever and get them talking. It was fun. Did you do that in high school as well? No, I did not.
1: Uh, That was more like, well, senior year probably I started. Yeah. So, okay, so you're in high school. Did you want to be anything or, like, I want to be a teacher. I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. Did you have, like, an idea of what you wanted to do in your head? Yes, I did, which I haven't done. But
2: (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to get a degree in music and be a performer because I had always sang. Vocal music? Yeah, vocal music. Ever since I was seven years old, I was up singing somewhere. Uh, But then I took music theory (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I decided, okay, I'm probably not going to go this route. I'll just keep singing
1: mm-hmm.
2: and not not do it professionally. So,
1: oh, a little. So, if anybody's looking to recruit oh, a singer, gosh, there's no, Carolyn no, 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 right yeah. there. Right? Mm, I shouldn't have <laughs> mentioned that then. But so, yeah, that was one of the things. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when you when you uh, decided to go to college, mm-hmm. what did you know? Did you so were you studying music then? Oh, no, I was undecided for at
2: least three years. Really? I mean, I just tried a little bit of everything because I was interested in everything. And uh, then my senior year, by that time I decided on an English major because I loved literature and I loved writing. Uh, So then I took a class because I thought, well, I probably should do something on the side. And I took a reference Class, like helping students find things. Those were the good old days when we had uh, huge book collections of reference sources like encyclopedias and whatnot. Yeah, all you children out there.
1: This was before Wikipedia. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Uh, So that was really fun. And the library I worked for at the time as a student employee had me working at the front desk where people would ask questions as like a backup person. Mm-hmm. And I just got the bug and I really loved uh, the customer service angle and I loved the variety of the work. Mm. It's really great.
1: Let's back up a little bit. So you're undecided. Mm-hmm. Were there any classes that you didn't? I- I'm thinking about if I'm a student. Yes. Right. Think mm-hmm. Trying to think about like figuring out what I want to major in. Were there some things that you definitely took off the table? Like you were like, I don't want to do that. Right. Um, history went off the table
2: after my Western Civilization course <laughs> because the teacher was, oh, uh, he knew his material very, very well. But he'd come in every day with these sets of old yellowed notes. And his name was Tomidas. He's long gone now, so I can talk <laughs> about him. And uh He uh, had the nickname of comatose. It was right after lunch. Oh, my goodness. By 20 after, all of us are like nodding our heads (laughs) and trying desperately to stay awake. And as the semester went on, more and more people came in with a cup of coffee, hot chocolate, anything to stay awake in that class. It was just really That's actually
1: a really good point. Fun fact, whenever I struggled in a class, I would take food. So... I would just eat through your class. If I was eating through your class, that was a bad sign. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Where did you go to college at? I went uh, to Bemidji Bemidji State
2: University in northern Minnesota. Don't ask me why. It was like six and a half hours from home, and it was very cold there. One weekend we had, no kidding, 50 below with a 90 below wind chill. Oh, my goodness. That is really blankety-blank cold. So, yeah. It, so I, they didn't cancel class there if it's They have a whole tunnel system where you can get to every academic building except the Fayed building and at that time we had to take five Fayed classes to graduate. It was horrible. And by Fayed you mean? We had, well, let's see what did I take? Volleyball. Badminton.
1: You know, I was really, you know, Hey, into I took this badminton.
2: Stuff. I love badminton. High five. Badminton was awesome. Badminton was great.
1: Shout out to Phyllis Adams, who was my badminton partner. <laughs> I we took it. killed some it. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Body mechanics, which was actually great. We got to work in the weight room and stuff. Swimming. And what was the other thing? I don't
0: remember. You so said mm. take five of those classes to graduate?
1: Yeah. Because they were probably wow. one credit courses a piece,
0: right? Yeah. I had
2: five credits. But imagine like doing all that stuff, you get all warm and kind of sweaty, and then you have to go back outside into <laughs> the, you know, 90, know, the Arctic.
1: <laughs> it was horrible. Gracious. I took golf, just so you know. I have a mean so slice. So did my <laughs> husband. He loves
2: golf.
0: I took casting and angling. Which I'm a left-handed person, and the teacher was right-handed. So it's oh. like for fly fishing, he's like, I can't oh. teach you anything. You just have to watch. So it was, it was a process. Now they yeah. don't have to take those classes. They're optional. So I know. They're fillers.
1: It was actually good for me to take them. So how did you get, as a student employee mm-hmm. at Bemidji State, how mm-hmm. did you get that job in the library? I think it was because I took that one
2: class as an undergraduate. And you enjoyed it. And, and I enjoyed it. And had the, made connections with those people. And I'm and the person teaching it was one of the research librarians, so kind of connected that way. And then I don't remember, it's been so long ago, how, <laughs> how I even applied for it or if they asked me to do it. I, mm-hmm. I don't even
1: remember. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. So you're working, or kind of getting a taste for what mm-hmm. you might like to do. So you graduated with an English degree, yes. right? Yes. And what was your minor? I didn't end up with a minor. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. So in order to be, this is also a fun fact, a librarian, you have to have at least a master's degree. Yes. If you have a a, a library degree, it's a terminal master's degree. Right. Did you go to library school then? I didn't go right away, no. Uh,
2: my husband always says he got through his degree with by the sweat of his frau. That's German for <laughs> wife or woman or something. So, yeah, I worked actually for the medical school at the University of Wisconsin. It was just wonderful. I worked for the program in medical ethics. And uh, we had a couple of lawyers. We had a philosopher. We had a pediatric uh, M.D., and who uh, else? That's a really interesting. Oh, hope. it was fascinating, and it was within the history of medicine department for the medical school. So it was the time when they were just starting to uh, have ethics courses for prospective physicians, and then we organized this forum at lunch times that was over in the university hospital, and we covered things like the slippery slope kind of deal of euthanasia, those kinds of issues, like palliative care and how nurses have a hard time withholding food and water. Mm-hmm. It was just fascinating. But my funniest story is one of um, the professors was working on this book with his actual, with his sister. She was also a PhD. She's in California, and he was in Wisconsin, and they were working on something called turkey baster babies, Yes. So he wanted me to pack up all this stuff and the research we had already done because I'd run around to different libraries on campus and get the materials that he requested or that I thought would be helpful for him. So I packed it all up, and, of course, I stuck in our turkey baster from home. <laughs> so when he opened that up, oh, my gosh, he said they just yeah
1: <laughs> at a moment so you were actually doing so you were kind of like a research assistant then i right? was on that team yeah, yeah helping them do research so you've kind of always been kind of in the research or enjoyed the research kind of a nerd yeah
2: <laughs> but we yeah i helped with the research angle of it and then i also did their financial records for them learned a lot about fund accounting Mm-hmm. So yeah, here I am this, this English major <laughs> doing fund accounting, you know? So you never know where it, life takes that's you. That's
1: right. It does not necessarily you don't necessarily have to be an accounting major to actually be doing some accounting if you graduate from college. Yeah.
0: I think so did, many students yes. expect such a straight path. It it just like isn't nobody's a, straight path. Is a straight path.
2: But yeah. what college did for me was teach me how to think and how to learn. So whatever degree students are getting I think the thing they should concentrate is, okay, what are the steps to learning things? How can I teach myself in the future? Because everything they learn, if they go on to graduate school, our professor said, everything you're learning here right now will be defunct in about five years. And they were so right. And it's even faster
1: now. <laughs> oh, now it's about a year. <laughs> Turn around and like, learn this new thing now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you were doing how long did you do the medical the oh gosh the Let's job. See.
2: Four years. And then I decided I was tired of doing other people's work and I wanted to do my own work that was more central to what I cared about. So then I went to graduate school after that.
1: And where'd you go that, where'd you go to graduate school at?
2: At the University of Wisconsin Madison. And I just told a class this morning, I said, my best story is probably that I finished my master's thesis while in labor. And they all went, oh, my gosh, (laughs)
1: especially the women in the class. That's true. you got to think about other things once you, you know, if you don't go to graduate school right away, like Uh other sometimes life happens and sometimes it's hard to get back into into Mm -hmm. school. Yeah, the first time I had to take a,
2: a test after not taking a test for a long time. I knew the material cold, but I didn't plan my time very well. So, I didn't have much time for the second question that was on the test. There was two questions and yeah, I was so
1: mad. <laughs> I I always say I took the GRE to go back to school 7 years after I'd graduated, mm. and I was so unused to taking tests. That's horrible. That I was having like panic attacks that I wouldn't know a single thing. I th- right. I was pretty pretty sure my brain had just melted out of my right. head. <laughs> it's it's difficult but it can be done. Yeah. <laughs> All right so you went back and what is your graduate degree in? It's a degree in
2: information science and studies so it's uh, kind of a
1: information
2: literacy kind of degree. And what
1: is information literacy for people who may not know what that is? Mm -hmm. Being able to locate
2: uh, and evaluate and um, credibly cite sources. And uh, these days it's very important, I think, to know how to evaluate sources, especially on social media. There's so much, so many things that are not true on social media so it's great to be able to recognize them.
0: Yeah, that degree sounds like it works perfectly with what your position is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I get to do such a variety of things. It's I think people who are bored doing one thing should look for careers where they can expand their interests in many different areas.
1: Yeah, because information science, yeah. It it's applicable to many different areas of information right it is it is (laughs) I could have
2: worked for a company if I wanted to I could work for a hospital I could have worked for um obviously a school or public library in many different avenues and then I could have got kept on with the fund accounting but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's
1: true so you got your thesis and a baby right a new baby yes so where did you go from there That seems like a really difficult time of life to be job hunting. Did you look for a job after that? Yes, and uh, we were, my husband and I were both finishing at the same
2: time. He finished his PhD and I finished my master's. So we said, okay, we're going to go to whoever gets the job first. We're going to go there. So it was almost Minneapolis, Minnesota, (laughs) but I interviewed um, at the Historical Society at St. Paul, Minnesota, and they had like 150 candidates, applicants for the position, and I got number two, which I thought that was pretty dang good for right out school, but I still, I couldn't compete with someone who had worked at MIT for 10 years.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's good company to come in second to.
2: (laughs) But it was fun there. I I would have enjoyed it, but I think uh, this job was more suited to what I really, really like, so I'm glad I got this one.
1: And what and so what, when you got hired were you a research librarian? Can you talk us through like oh, getting a yes. job?
2: Yes. Uh at the time we got to Maryville there was uh two jobs that opened up later in the fall. And one was for a government documents librarian and one was for a science librarian. And I thought, well, I didn't take the science sources course in grad school but I did take the government documents course so I better apply for that one well the director called me up and talked me into the other one which is really really funny because while I worked for medical sciences
1: oh that's a good point (laughs) you know I was in
2: science materials and then I also worked part-time for a department of physiological chemistry and they had a department library so there's another science
1: thing it just says followed me (laughs) (laughs) so then you became the science librarian yes
2: loved it I love working with scientists Uh, I like the way they think and I like the way their information is structured it's very uh, there are a lot of unique terms in science so it's easy to find the materials except for patents that's not my favorite but um, yeah I I was uh, interested in all of it so that was a good good thing. A little aside, so what does your husband do? Uh, my husband teaches English at, out at um, Conception Seminary College, and he's uh, been there for, oh, since 1990 <laughs> teaching. So he gets to teach great courses, including his favorite, which is uh, a course on the works of J.R.R. R. Tolkien, <laughs> or as
1: he would say, Tolkien- <laughs> That's the proper
2: pronunciation of it. So yeah. he's
1: English too. So there was kind of like an English connection there. Yeah, big that. time. Mm-hmm. Okay, so science librarianing. So, one of the things when I was a little kid, my family took me to the library all the time. And I had to find things in a big wooden catalog with oh, 99 yeah. drawers with Ish. the little cards that you flip through. So in 1990, right, mm-hmm. that's what a card catalog looked like. Can you kind of briefly tell me what has changed in your field in the last 30 years or so? Everything.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everything, yeah. It's gone from being totally paper-driven to electronic materials. Totally, I would say, except we still have, people ask me all the time, will the book, paper book disappear, And and no, I think they're, Still holding their own, and they're very popular. Uh, we get requests for um, books when we have something in ebook form. Some students are reluctant to use them until I show them. Oh, you can just use the chapters you need for your paper. You don't have to, you know, read the whole thing or download the whole thing. So it becomes easier and more accessible. But uh, I think books will be around for a long time. That's a major difference from print to electronic digital sources.
1: I worked in the library with Carolyn. Yeah. I was a research Yay. librarian as well. And the back side of things, so how information, so you say your degree is in information science, the way information is structured and the way that the electronic databases are formatted is really the same. It's the same idea that was behind the paper card catalog. It's just, yes, it's done in an electronic format. Yes. So I think like knowing that I learned how to do this on paper doesn't necessarily make it obsolete when it's happening on the computer. It's just in a different delivery or a different. Yes. So being flexible, I mm -hmm. think to be able to learn. Yes. And
2: thankfully I was in the, in the middle of it kind of in grad school. So we learned the paper way and the electronic way to find information, which was very helpful. But when I first came to Northwest, we had, only uh, searching by the subject, what are called the subject headings, which kind of work like hashtags do on social media. And I was constantly going into the librarians who had been here a while because I was so used to finding things by keywords or diff- just different search terms at Wisconsin. And then I came here and we just had subject, author, title, which is what the old system did in paper. And I'd go in and say, "Um, there's this blue book and these words are in the title. What is that called? Because I can't <laughs> find it. It was usually like a big old reference book because their subject terms that they were listed under were so vague and broad and general that it just was impossible to find them. So when we got keyword searching, uh, it was wonderful. Remember the old VAX mainframe? And we'd have to have these big old reels of tape loaded onto the system, and it was just ugly green screen, just text only. Yes, oh, man. I remember the green screen. That's, that's a nightmare to think yeah. about now. It's so much better now.
0: So part of your title is outreach. So what yeah. what kind of outreach does the library do? I know our library does more than most, but...
2: Yeah, we do uh, certain events, like this spring in March, we're going to have a uh, long night against procrastination. We had one last year, and it was very successful, so we're going to expand it this year. It'll be happening a few weeks before midterm, and it's uh, an event with food (laughs) and study services, academic support people available to help students finish projects or even start them just on the spot <laughs> kind of thing so that it doesn't get to be like the last three weeks before finals and they're just swamped and it's it's really a cool night it's really fun prizes on the hour it's just very cool oh. um, the other things we do for outreach I usually go into different academic buildings and offer pop-up service So last semester was in Wells Hall. This semester is in Colden Hall, starting up pretty soon. We usually wait till the fourth week of classes or so to do that. And then students are more engaged with research
1: assignments by then. So what do you do in your pop-up service? Like, if I'm a student, how can you help me?
2: Yes, uh, I can help with finding information. If they have something they don't understand about their assignment, I can try and... Ask them questions about it so they can get to an answer for themselves, like what what I'm supposed to be doing here. Just help them interpret the instructions or the assignment or kind of lead them in the right direction towards that topic area. Uh, Let's see, what else have we done? We've done um, citing help at the pop-up appointments, checking over bibliographies that students have to turn in, like a worksite page or a reference list, that sort of thing. So uh, that's been very helpful. I usually do some kind of fun poll or uh, some...
1: Trivia uh, of the day or something. Something right? like that. <laughs> some
2: uh, swag
1: or something, <laughs> you know, to make it fun. What's the most... So when people hear that you're a research librarian, like say Mm -hmm. they first met you, what would you say is the most surprising thing about your job that people don't know? Or what is something that people automatically assume that you do because you're a librarian?
2: Yeah, they assume that I am in a library. So I must love to read, which I do, (laughs) but that I get to read all day. It's like, no, um,
1: I get to help other people <laughs> read all day, but not m- You get not to read me, like, bibliographies yeah. all day. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true, too. Um, lately, I've been helping a lot with a course in legal research and then other courses that cover journal literature and theories of different topic areas. So that's been a really fun time that students can come in either individually or as a study group. And we can help with assignments that they're working on. Uh, Some of the comments I've gotten lately is like, oh, I feel so much more confident now. Like, I know how to do this. Or I know where to find this stuff now. Thank you. Or um, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. (laughs) That kind of thing. It's great. (laughs)
0: If they haven't been in the library for a while, there's there's been some changes over there too recently.
1: Yeah, what's new oh, over at the BBO? It's BDO so and-
2: beautiful. I if you haven't had a chance to come in, come and see the new carpet, new paint. We've had a lot of great comments about it. That it looks much more modern. That it's calming instead of the colors that were there before. It's much more uh, calming and. It's a great environment to work in now. Plus, you know, you can't beat the new carpet smell.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the new carpe- carpet smell with the coffee smell. It's a, that's a wonderful compliment.
2: It is. There. It's like getting a brand new car off the yeah. lot, you know, and having <laughs> someone hand you a cup of coffee. It's just, yeah, it's great. Now go work on your research paper. Oh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, every time I go in there, it's like, I just want to take a nap in here. It smells so nice.
2: <laughs> it is a really fabulous place to
1: hang out. Do you have any, um, I always ask for wisdom, tips and tricks, advice, maybe for someone who's trying to become a librarian or job search tips or any, anything that you have. What's Carolyn's best advice? Best advice is to
2: try and pursue a job that you think you would be passionate about, that you have some kind of vision for your life experience that, you know, you're not going to maybe do it for your entire life (laughs) like I have. Um, This is my 30th year at Northwest, but I think it's wonderful to like going to work, to enjoy what you do, because you're there a lot of hours. Um, If it's not something that your first job isn't something that you particularly love, look for parts of it that you can expand on, or you can update or change or bring some more direction to um, you know the old cliche think outside the box but it is so true to try and expand um, and help the team that you're working with wherever it is whatever it is.
1: Yeah I call that you make the job the job doesn't make you you make the job Mm -hmm. even if you're bagging groceries you make the job. Right yeah it's only recently uh,
2: the last uh, five years that I've been involved with outreach more so that's been really really fun really fun to do i have
1: one last question i have not heretofore asked Mm -hmm. um but i thought that might be interesting to hear people's perspectives on this since the show is called behind the bear cat right you've been here for 30 years Mm -hmm. to you what does it mean when you say i'm a bear cat what does it mean to be a bear cat
2: i think northwest is a very innovative place I think that unlike other institutions I've seen across the state or even nationally, uh, there's a lot less of, well, we can't do that here because we don't have this or we just don't do that. Uh, I think Northwest responds very well to the culture and to uh, the way our economy is changing to the way student demographics are changing and to respond to students' needs. I think Northwest does that very, very well. I'm, I'm proud of how we've been able to change and add new majors, add new avenues of uh, study. I love the uh, real world focus that many of our classes have. And even the seven week courses, the professional courses, they're, they're just really amazing. I work with the nursing program a lot. So that has been fun to watch that develop. And now they're moving into hopefully into master's degree. It's just, it's really cool.
0: Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here, Carolyn.
1: You yeah. Good. Thank Anytime. you. I've enjoyed it. Good.
0: All right. Well, that'll do it for another Behind the cat, and we'll talk to you next time.